From the studios of Boise State Public Radio News, I'm Gemma Gaudette. You're listening to Idaho Matters. In the last few days, uh, the director of the FBI has said the Bureau believes COVID-19 most likely originated in a Chinese government-controlled lab, and there was a leak which caused the virus to spread. However, the White House has said there is no consensus across the U.S. government on the virus's origins. And back in 2021, a joint China and World Health Organization investigation called the lab leak theory extremely unlikely. So how have we gotten back to this theory? Joining us today to talk more about that is Dr. David Pate, former CEO of St. Luke's Health System and a member of the Idaho Coronavirus Task Force. Hi, Dr. Pate. Hi, Gemma. Okay, so let's dissect this, Dr. Pate. Um, lots of national and international attention right now on the origins um, of this idea of a leak. Um, and this is coming from the Department of Energy's intelligence assessment. So first off, uh, what does let, let's start with what that actually means. Yeah, so, you know, the, of course, all of us are interested in the origins of uh, the SARS-CoV-2 pandemic. Uh, and the thinking uh, is divided. Uh, I would tell you that I think most reputable scientists that uh, I certainly am following and paying attention to think that a lab leak is very unlikely. On the other hand, uh, we certainly have a divide in the intelligence community uh, because uh, uh, a lot of different intelligence agencies have conducted their own investigations and they've come to different conclusions. And the problem is, number one, most of those assessments are classified. So we don't actually know, does the government have information that we don't have that might change our assessment of the situation? Uh, and and secondly, uh, you know, I think what we can conclude is that the government spokespeople have tell, told us that all of the agencies are agreed this virus was not man-made. It was not mm. manipulated in a laboratory to become what it was, uh, regardless of whether this was lab leak or um, a transmission event from an animal. Second, uh, the government is uh, very uh, much agreed that this was not a biowarfare uh, event. This was not something that China or any other country created with the idea of being a biological weapon. And And I've long felt that way. It just doesn't make any sense. Kind of the first rule, if you're going to use a bioweapon, is don't release it on your own country. <laughs> you know, so that never made yeah. sense. Um, you know, as to could this be a lab leak? Well, of course it could be. We can't rule that out. The reasons, there's many reasons why I think that is the less likely explanation based on publicly available information. Again, our assessment might change if we found out the government knows something that we don't know. But if you think about it, first of all, there's never been a lab leak of any kind of organism that has triggered a pandemic and certainly not even an epidemic. 
Um, mm. We really haven't had a lab leak of any consequence for about 50 years. And uh, because we've learned how to put measures in place to make these labs safe. Uh, so for a lab leak, uh, generally one of two things has got to happen. Uh, one, you have some kind of lapse in your safety precautions and one of your lab workers gets infected. Well, if that happens, then generally you see there's somebody that works in the lab that's sick. Uh, you identify, wait, this is not a regular infection. This is something, you know, that is unusual that we've been dealing with. And you would tend to see that then if it is going to spread at all, you would start to see like family members would be a high likelihood. And we just haven't seen that with this. The other way is if, for example, a mouse or, you know, that was being experimented somehow got loose, you know, for, for our sake, the initial virus really could not infect and cause disease in uh, mice. It is adapted to where it can now, and we've talked about, it, but it, back then it, it couldn't really infect them. So lab leak is not real serious consideration, I don't think, based on what we know. Plus, from everything available, it does not appear that that the lab there that's been uh, suspected that does do a lot of coronavirus research was dealing with this virus or a virus that was an earlier predecessor of this virus. We have the way, kind of like with, you know, 23andMe or, or mm -hmm. you know, the genealogy programs where we can look at, you know, you can create your family tree. Well, we have a way to do that for viruses too. We can create their family tree. And so there's so many clues from that, that that, that virus overwhelmingly likely occurred in an animal, not... Uh, in a lab. Now, you know, the other thing to keep in mind is that while a lab leak doing this would be unprecedented, and of course, there's a first time for everything, so we can't say it's not, but the, the, a pandemic set off by animal transmission to humans is not unprecedented. In fact, we now, 75% of our emerging diseases are in fact coming from animals to human transmission. And our first SARS-CoV uh, pandemic back in 2002, 2003, uh, we have established a, a rose from an animal. It, it was bats transmitting to civet cats and then civet cats transmitting to humans in the wet uh, markets, the animal markets in China. So this has happened before. This would not be unprecedented. And then we have a lot of evidence that ties the origination of the uh, first known outbreaks to this particular market and even to the section of the market where they were selling these live animals that we know are capable of being infected with coronaviruses. So, Dr. Pate, if we can figure out the, the, the origins, um, what does that mean then for future pandemic planning? I mean, is it is it helpful? Yeah, I think it is. And, and here's the reason. Uh, you know, first of all, you know, OK, let's say it's a lab leak. Well, if that's the case, we need international 
standards of how are we going to tighten those standards so this can't occur. I think all the governments are agreed this was not something intentional. It doesn't make sense. So it was an accident accidental lab leak if it was. And so we need to look at it. In fact, my argument, uh, you know, Dr. Uh, Epperly and I wrote a book that's coming out soon about how we prepare. Our argument is just the fact that uh, we have government agencies that think this could have happened through a lab leak is enough in my mind that we need experts and international communities to come together and look at our current standards and tighten them. Because even if this didn't occur from a lab leak, if, if they think it could have, then we need tighter standards. Um, mm. Now, if it came from animals, as, as uh, I think most of the scientific and medical community suspects, then especially if it came from the wet markets. Another thing that Dr. Epperly and I argue in our book is that it is time. This would be the, the second pandemic, the third uh, kind of disease outbreak tied to those wet markets. And I think that means it's time for international pressure on um, China to employ infection control measures in those markets because uh, for people that aren't familiar, they bring these exotic animals from the wild and they bring them there and then they put them in cages in very close proximity where they're exposed to uh, each other and can transmit the virus. And then they are often butchered right there in the open air in these markets. And that's a recipe for a a future pandemic. And, And so just like I said, even if it's not a lab leak, the fact that we think it could be means we need more regulations there. And I would say the same thing, even if this is not uh, tied to those wet markets, we now need to realize this is a threat. It has materialized before, and we should do something different about that. Well, and and I think to your point, Dr. Pate, um, if this were a lab leak, um, labs all over the world, uh, I mean, research is going on about viruses, correct? So, a- Absolutely, and it's very important research. Well, I was just going to ask you that. I mean, we need to be doing this research, but to your point of if there's even a question that this could have happened in a lab, uh, don't we need to be tightening, uh, you know, how ha- ha- how this research happens? Because God forbid it, it were a, a lab leak or, or there maybe could be one in the future of something. Absolutely, Gemma. We have to be doing research because, as you and I have talked many times, we're seeing a rise in what we call zoonotic infections. In other words, where uh, infections are passed from animals to humans and is creating a threat. And that threat is only growing due to a whole combination of factors. Certainly there are climate changes that are driving some of that, that, you know, it's well established that played a big role in Zika. Um, mm-hmm. We've seen other 
infections. Uh, we just recently talked about Marburg uh, virus, uh, mm-hmm. a very serious virus that's transmitted from animals to humans. Uh, we talked about monkeypox that came from uh, animals to humans. We talked about Ebola, same thing. So we have to be doing research in these areas because, frankly, we can't wait till one of these viruses now infects uh, the world to be starting the the research. We've got to get prepared for these things. But I do think the other thing that this requires, Gemma, is a lot of people uh, are are very critical of China for their lack of cooperation. I'm in that club. I I agree. Mm -hmm. But I would also say some of this is understandable. The fact that we have... Uh, you know, as everything politicized everything, and mm-hmm. and and you know, we even had our president state early on that if we find China was responsible for this, then we're going to, you know, go after him for damages and all. Well, you know, the damages of this pandemic are in the trillions of dollars and so forth, and would disrupt any country's economy that uh, we could actually force them to to pay. And so if we come at it with, we want to know who did it because we want to punish you, then we're not likely to get much cooperation, just as it's not usually a good uh, parenting strategy to when you don't know whether your child's done is to first review with them all of the punishments you're going to <laughs> levy on them if they were responsible. That's not going to encourage their they're, cooperation. They're not going to tell the and, truth. Yeah. No. And so I, I think in a way we shouldn't be surprised that China hasn't cooperated. I think we need to get international agreement again that, look, you know, this could happen anywhere. And I'll tell you, as much as we criticize China, I think every U.S. president since Kennedy has said, if we had an instance here, we're not letting other countries into our labs. So don't think that the U.S. would have a markedly different response if it had, uh, if there was evidence that this virus emerged here in one of our labs or something. So we've got to, we've got to deal with this as an international society and we've got to uh, take away the threats that uh, we levy if we really want countries to cooperate with us in the investigations. And I, I think that's really important that we do. Well, as always, Dr. Pate, really appreciate your perspective on this because I have to say it's it's been a bit confusing. So, so I, I appreciate you coming on and talking more in depth with us about this. My pleasure, Gemma. We've been talking with Dr. David Pate, former CEO of St. Luke's Health System. Of course, if you have a public health question, please get it to us, Matters at boisestate.edu, and we will answer it next week. Thanks so much for listening to Idaho Matters. Boise State Public Radio and Idaho Matters are members of the NPR Network. It's an independent coalition of public media podcasters. You can find more shows in the network wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Gemma Gaudet. We'll see you tomorrow. This is Chip Brantley co-host of the NPR podcast, White Lies. Before we found the man in Vancouver, before we sued the State Department, before we snuck into the graveyard of a federal penitentiary, all we had were the photographs. Photographs of a group of Cuban men standing on the roof of a prison in rural Alabama. That's this season on the NPR podcast, White Lies. 